Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Passers wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and uh, now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. I'm Ryan. You can see uh, to my immediate right is uh, my boy Brady and Burnaby. We got our buddy Dixon Ward. He's back again. My boy Teddy, who's at the office. And we've got uh, a, a new friend of ours, Dave Haxel, the first ever coach of the Seattle Kraken. This is the PP1 podcast. It's a special episode. Um, boys, we, we've we've hung out before. But uh, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing to this. This is awesome. Absolutely. Good to be on with you guys. It's uh, it's a huge honor. Congratulations, obviously, for becoming the first ever coach in Seattle Kraken history. Has Russell Wilch- Wilson reached out to you and uh, congratulated <laughs> you? I guess the big question: Who has reached out to you of of Seattle fame? Nah, you know what? There's the, just everybody around town there. I mean, from you know, from the uh, from the other sports teams, you know, you get a sense of how you know what kind of a sports town it really is. Uh, but for me, really, it's just been getting my feet on the ground with with the city, with you know, with our ownership group, with our entire management group, and all the players, and that's that's what's been you know first and foremost for me along the way. Nice. So, so did Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll call you at all? I, yeah? I have not got that phone call directly yet from uh, from <laughs> Russell or Pete. So they're uh, they're probably a little busy right now too. So maybe I uh, maybe I can uh, connect with them sometime here over the next few weeks. It's just preseason; they got nothing going on. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> a shorter preseason, so maybe they are a little bit. Yes, that's right. They're packing a little bit more in pretty uh, pretty quick. It's pretty exciting. Um, Ted, fire away. What do you got? Well, I mean, I guess first things first is, I mean, how different is this to start a, a preseason compared to where you were in Philly with not having even known what your roster was just a, a few short months ago versus walking into Philly and knowing who the guys were going to be. I mean, how much does things change? Do you have to log a lot more time earlier? You got to make these relationships go a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, obviously a little bit different when different when, you you know, the first month, you know, you're, you're speaking in conceptual terms, right? I mean, talking a lot of, uh, a lot about systems and different things like that. You know, even as a staff, as we got going, once we got a staff in place, we're still, you know, just talking, you know, with, with a lot of concepts now, 
obviously names and faces and personalities and people in place. Um, you know, now the, you know, the trick is to get to know everybody and that's not easy when we're all long distance, you know, the guys will start getting in town over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a little bit by zoom, but you know, a little, you know, phone calls and, uh, an individual, uh, communication that way. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty interesting dynamic. It's, I mean, especially considering we're all going through, well, like you said, like the zoom kind of meetings, I know Ted, you do a ton at work now and it's. It's kind of the new normal, but then you throw in professional sports and where we're, I mean, even just us playing ball, right, Ted? Like if we were having yeah. just kind of rando meetings, it it's just not the same as having player coach meet or player player meetings or team meetings or what have you. Um, Dixon, I'm sure it's probably a lot of the same kind of thing going with you guys. It's not as much maybe hands on. You guys are maybe having a bit more video meetings as well. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, I think everybody in, in our industry is back, <clears throat> you know, we, we have the ability to meet uh, as much as we want in person. However, uh, adding the, the new way of communicating when you're not together through Zoom uh, or, or whatever platform you're using, it just adds a little extra bonus and more communication ability for, especially for our coaches throughout the summer to touch base with their players and the new players coming into our program and, and just getting them to feel comfortable before they show up in September. So it, it is a, it's a tool that we're going to continue to use because we were forced into using it uh, last year. And, um, and now we'll just continue to use it as a supplementary part to our program um, where we can, you know, even when we were in full lockdown back in the, in the, in the uh, 18 months ago, where um, we were, we had the ability to, to get guys like Dave to speak to our kids through zoom and, and a bunch of great guests that uh, normally we wouldn't have that opportunity to do. So we learned a lot about the technology and the communication part through the whole process. And so uh, we're going to use some of it moving forward just to be a supplementary part, but there's nothing like in-person uh, communication and, and meetings. And, and, and I'm sure when, uh, when camp kicks off in Seattle, they will feel a lot better sitting across from his group than uh, being on the phone with them all the time for sure. No kidding. Brady. Yeah, I got a question for you. Um, you must be very excited for the uh, the Battle of the Border. That's what we're calling it over here in uh, Vancouver. Uh, what are you looking forward to about the most? Well, that's a rivalry, rivalry that should get going pretty quick, right? I mean, just the, the proximity of it. And, uh, um, you know, I think the two fan bases will cross paths, you know, pretty frequently, right? I think there's, there's a lot of travel there back and forth and a lot of commonality. So, um just that, just getting, you know, getting the opportunity to build new rivalries. Um, and, and let's be honest, for us, it's going to, you know, everything is going to be new. Um, so our closest neighbor right there, um, you know, is one that that should uh, create uh, some good tension early on and, um, you know, should create some great competition. And that's it's a huge thing for the fan base. Right. I mean, that's, you know, Rivalries are, are so much about the fans and the fan base and, and the interest that's generated that way. So looking forward to that. Those are fun. You know, those are fun and those can build and grow a little bit through the regular season. Uh, certainly, we all know they, you know, they certainly, uh, you know, grow and rise during uh, during playoffs. I, uh, I, I look at you and I've seen you on the bench and like you seem like a pretty, you know, calm, even keel guy. And then I was doing a little bit of research and hockey DB kind of <laughs> says the other, um, you had 191 penalty minutes in a few years in college, 
355 in the minors. So are your motivational speeches in the locker room like Braveheart type rallies? <laughs> is that fire? Does it carry over to your coaching side or are you uh, actually like yeah, the complete I, opposite? Anybody that knows me, I'm pretty mellow, pretty mellow all the way through. So uh, no, you know what? There's uh, there's a huge competitive side to this game, um, you know, but uh, there's there's so many different uh, elements of it. You know, and and the uh, the speed, uh, the ability, and the skill of the game, uh, the competitiveness, uh, the physicality, those things all go together, and they're all little pieces of what make this such a great game, right? I feel like it's so easy to get fired up rivalry-wise, and you were just talking about the fact that proximity-wise, it's bound to be a rivalry between Seattle and Vancouver. But I mean, what what did you guys have for rivalries when you guys were coming up, and even when you were coaching Dixon? You two, I'd be curious, who were your biggest rivals? Whether it was a player or a team that you just hated to love to play against. Well, I'm going to make one comment on Ryan's last uh, point about Dave's penalty minutes and and him being an ornery. He he was he wasn't ornery at all. He was just the tough farm boy, and the rest of us guys that were scared to fight just just started everything, and we made Dave finish it. There you go. Uh, so he he was the, okay. he was the only one willing to do it. So my brother and I would stir up uh, all the action, and then we'd say, "Okay, Dave, you got to go take care of that guy for us because we're not handling it ourselves." So that's where Dave's penalty minutes came in. Got to take that. care of all these all these skill guys when uh, when your best asset as a player is off the glass and out. You got to figure out different ways to stick around, right, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is this has got pretty tense all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Well, get back to your question, Teddy. The rivalries. You know what? Every you know, I, I, I played on six different teams and, and there's always, every team you go to, there's always uh, a, another team that you play more or you end up facing the playoffs. And uh, regardless of where it is, obviously in Vancouver, it was always the Calgary Flames. And uh, in Buffalo, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, had many a head-to-head matchups with Darcy Tucker over the years and we didn't like each other one bit. And uh, when I was in Buffalo and, but there was, you know, Chris Chelios used to chase me around trying to spear my eyes out uh, on numerous <laughs> occasions. So no way. Uh, anywhere, anywhere you play against somebody doesn't like you and guaranteed you don't like somebody back. But uh, it's the organizational rivalries that become the fun part, not the not the player to player ones. Awesome. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, so, I got one here. Okay, I was just gonna. I one quick one because I'm sure this. Yeah, will be, go ahead. This will be a quick answer. So you coming from Philly? Pretty interesting fan base out there. Pretty interesting organization. But the most interesting thing going on in Philly is gritty. Do you guys keep in touch still? <laughs> on a regular basis, yeah. You know what? When Gritty was uh, was introduced, he scared he scared the heck out of my kids for the first uh, week. <laughs> like everybody else, they kind of figured it out and started to like this guy. He's unreal. Uh, you know, he's uh, hey, he's a tough guy not to like with that personality. He's uh, he's become larger than life out there. I, I, th- I have a feeling you weren't the only person whose kids were scared of Gritty. That guy is nightmare fuel. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I'll follow up the question and then I'll get get that other one as well. Um, I don't think Seattle has a mascot yet. Do they have any plans on releasing one before the season starts, or where right. are you guys at with that? It's uh, you know what that one's the that one's above my uh, my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gritty two point oh, right? <laughs> you know what if if you take a look at everything that's been uh, uh you know that's been kind of you know rolled out here over the past few months it's been unbelievable you know for me to watch from from the outside even before i was hired all the way through you know everything that's happened since um 
you know, the, the organization has done an unbelievable job. They got some, they got some brilliant people that are working on, you know, all the different areas, you know, from the way our jerseys turned out to, to the rollout of, you know, of the name and the logo and all of those things. But it's been amazing. So there's not many details that, uh, that are being missed. Cool. All right. Well, my other question for you guys was um, like team identity is obviously a, like a big thing in the NHL. Um, and you know, Seattle maybe doesn't exactly have an identity yet. How much does that lie on you as a coach or is it the players or is it kind of a whole group thing? And what kind of identity do you want to have in Seattle? Well, part of the identity is, you know, obviously is built within your players. And that's, you know, that starts with our GM with that starts with Ron Francis and our entire um, you know, management staff and, and the scouts that did, you know, did so much work going into not only the expansion draft, but free agency and, and obviously into the, uh, uh, you know, the first entry draft. So that's, you know, obviously that's a big piece of where it begins. Um, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, our group, I think you're going to find a real uh, common theme of competitiveness, of intelligence, uh, of pace and, and you know, ability uh, within that group. So that's part of the identity now culture. That's another thing that we build right from day one, right? That's a little different. That's you, you can use a lot of different terms there, but culture is built from, you know, Wardo said, um, you know, it's one thing to have phone conversations or Zoom meetings. It's another thing to start uh, meeting people in person, interacting on a daily basis and setting the standards. So that's my term is, you know, we, I've been asked the question an awful lot about, um, you know, what are the goals, um, you know, comparisons to Vegas, things like that. It's about our own standards. So our own standards, our own culture, our own identity. Hmm. Love it. I, I, I mean, you were talking a little bit about the selection process there. I mean, how much were, were you involved in that? I mean, was it all left up to the pro scouts? Did they lean on you for previous experience with players? Because obviously you have a lot of it with, with guys in the league. And was there guys that you guys drafted that you had a, a heavy ear in saying, hey, this is a guy I know. Let's bring him over here. I think he can do well for our team. If, if I had, you know, previous experience or prior knowledge, you know, of a, of a player, both, you know, whether it be skill set on the ice or or person and personality off the ice, then, uh, you know, I would say I gave my input. But beyond that, uh, it was, you know, it was the pro scouting staff, the management staff, uh, all the people that had done so much work on that, you know, for a long period of time. So, um, you know, those are uh, it was for me, I was really appreciative to have a seat at the table. Um, but you know, my input, um, you know, I made sure it was, you know, when I, when I was asked for input, obviously I was there with it and, you know, wanted to make sure I had real input anytime, uh, that, uh, that I did open my mouth. Hmm. I, I, I love this. It's, th these are great answers. There's actually, there's actual thought behind these. There's some coaches in the league that, I don't know, like we've, we've got one in Vancouver that he's very tight lipped about some stuff. So we do, we do appreciate um, that that you're kind of giving these. Um, Sarah Ayers, uh, I'm sure you've heard of her husband, uh, Dave. Uh, did a yeah. little bit of mop up duty in Toronto uh, yeah. just over a season ago. A fun night. It it was a pretty exciting it, yeah. night. It uh, especially if you kind of tuned in randomly and realized, wait, wait, who's going in net? And uh, well, we all saw how that ended. It was pretty awesome. Um, she's a good friend of the show. She had asked. Uh, what makes you or what are you the most nervous about heading up an expansion team this year? Nervous? I don't think there's anything I'm nervous about. I think there's, um, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable opportunity. It really is uh, to be part of a group that's starting something from the bottom up and building a team and an atmosphere and a culture from the ground up. 
uh, to have the opportunity to set, you know, to, to set who we are in the city of Seattle, uh, to have an opportunity uh, to, you know, to grow the game in the city of Seattle and become what I think uh, is going to be one of the great spots in the NHL to play. Um, you know, there's there's so much to it um, for me. Rather, I mean, there's I, I guess I haven't thought of one thing that's that I'm really nervous about. There's all kinds of challenges, but the opportunity is much much greater. If you you can look at it either way, right? Look at it as a challenge or or you know a great opportunity. I guess I tend to look at every um, you know every piece of it as as an unbelievable opportunity. And we're just trying to um, be very careful in taking one piece at a time, making sure we get every detail and address every detail. And you know what, there's going to be some things along the way that, uh, you know, that we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to adjust as we go, right? You can make all the greatest plans in the world. And on day one, we're probably going to make a small adjustment at camp on, on one or two things, uh, you know, that, that we're doing in a small way that day. And that'll carry through all the way, uh, I'm sure, through an NHL season. That's how it is. There you go. Um... I had kind of a follow-up actually to that, just uh, as you mentioned, training camp. So uh, on a other podcast last week, Travis Green stated that uh, his team's going to be figured out a little bit sooner this year as they kind of want to get things going and start working on systems. Um, with an expansion team, and as you kind of said, there's probably a little bit more of a feeling out process. Um, obviously, you've coached in the NHL before, but... Being that you're kind of getting this this new group of players um, and obviously new head coaches and, and what have you, um, have you reached out to a guy like you know Jared Gallant or or someone just that who's been through that specific process, or are you just going to kind of approach it uh, the same as you have you know from yeah, no, from the other teams? Yeah, I've, I've talked to different people and I, I haven't I haven't talked directly to Turk about this. I've talked to him a lot of other different things along the way here over the past you know couple months through conversations but um you know i think there's a balance between uh you know obviously giving opportunity and trying to learn and discover as much as we can about you know new players uh, as our staff is new and our you know that group of players is new together and how that's going to match um we also have to be careful about you know not trying to uh you know look at everything there's not enough time for that so you know what? We we've had a lot of discussions as staff. We've had a, you know a ton of meetings as uh, as a staff, and as we go into camp, we will have the different things um, that we want to look at uh, very much in line. And you know, it's six exhibition games. It's really not that many practices, um, so there's going to be a balance there between uh, looking for you know looking for new and different things and how everything can fit together along with a plan that we're going in with that we feel, you know, we'll have a chance for success when it comes to line combinations, D pairings, uh, different things, you know, that, uh, you know, that we want to come out of camp with. Interesting. Interesting. Great. Have you, uh, have you had a chance to spend some time with, with your draft picks, Maddie Beniers and, uh, you know, Riker Evans and, and learn a little bit about those guys and, and what kind of players they, they could possibly end up being for you? Just, you know what, just through talking to our staff and, uh, you know, and through uh, different people and, you know, looking at some video and things like that. And obviously, you know, some of those picks will be at camp. Uh, other, you know, others will not be at camp. Um, so we'll, we'll take that one step at a time. Most of my focus has been on, you know, the players that, uh, that we've picked uh, through the expansion draft. Um, 
but uh, you know, the young guys obviously coming up are a huge part of our future, whether it be the near future or or a year or two down the road. Those guys are huge pieces of it too. Uh, so trying to trying to learn their game as well. Nice. Um, I got a question. Obviously, you're excited to to get together with the whole team. You're excited to coach them all. But is there maybe a specific player that stands out that you're maybe a little more excited to to get to know and get to coach? I don't know if there's one guy you know obviously i had a chance to meet uh you know a few of the guys when they were in for the expansion draft the six guys that were there those guys were i mean it was you know it was a short period of time and i think it was a real whirlwind for them but it was awesome you know to get you know get a chance to spend a few minutes here and there throughout that two-day period with uh, with and around them uh, but you know when hey it's ryan from the pp1 podcast on crier media if you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? You know, just just in talking to, you know, some of the guys on, on the roster, like there's, you know, there's so many quality human beings there. I mean, to have a conversation with Mark Giordano, it doesn't take very long to understand why he's so well respected uh, in and around the league, not just in Calgary as a leader, but, you know, as, as one of the, you know, real good players and the great human beings in this league. So um, there there's a number of guys, there's so many different personalities there, um, you know, that are going to be, really interesting to get to know uh, and and have the opportunity to work with so i wouldn't say there's one guy but you know guys like that are they're they're an absolute it's an absolute pleasure uh to get to know players you know in that way guys of that stature um you know learn from them and also try to find ways to help them uh you know to be at their very best so uh, there's you know there's a number of guys so do you think that uh, Seattle will have a captain come puck drop or are you guys maybe thinking about going with alternatives this year? Uh, you know, that's still a discussion that, uh, you know, that, that we'll continue to have. What we will have is a really good leadership group, uh, 100%. Right now, that's where my focus is at. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at some of the guys on our on our roster, I mentioned, you know, one with Gio and, you know, you got Schwartzy, you get uh, Everly. I mean, there's there's a ton of guys there that, you know, are capable of being part of a really strong leadership group. And ultimately, regardless of, you know, who, who ends up with the letters, that leadership group is going to be a real important piece of, uh, of our hockey team. For sure. Thank you. Dixon, I got a question for you. So when everybody gets uh, gets to camp and they, you know, you guys all start interacting, what are they going to find out about Hack here? That uh, maybe that maybe people don't know. Like, is he like secretly good at karaoke? Um, you know, does he show no. up in like cowboy boots or like what's what's something that you know he's probably like it's okay to share, but like maybe something kind of embarrassing that that people might uh, find well, out or. They, well, for sure they'll never see him with one hair out of place. There's no question about that. Um, he owns stock in uh, Salon Selective's uh, hair product. Oh, They've done well. They've done well. So, real, eh? Yeah. So, yeah. That's nothing so, so, about. so we know that. And uh, no, I think um, what they'll what they'll realize right away is um, uh, Dave. Dave is the kind of guy that that uh, really honest and upfront with people, but very very respectful. Um, it doesn't matter if you're the you know. A, 
a guy that's going to be in the American League or if it's the general manager of the team, he's going to treat you the same. Um, and Dave's always, you know, especially back in college, his goal was always to give these kids the opportunity to be at their very best, as he had already said before. Uh, that, as a, from, you know, from my standpoint, my experience with coaches, the coaches that enable their players to be better um, and let the players know that that's their goal are, are the most successful ones. And uh, you can't impose your will on a, on a young player or an old player just because you're the coach. It's a relationship building process. And uh, Dave's proven over the many years as he's been a coach that uh, that's one of his strongest points is building those relationships and the and the respect that he gets from his players long after uh, he doesn't coach them anymore. Uh, that's just that's that's the the real deal is is having guys that are around the league that played for him in college that still uh, have high res- regard for him. That's the that's the kind of coach Dave uh, is, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, and how quickly they. They bring that team together in Seattle. Obviously, I look at the schedule. You got a whole bunch of games on the road early, which I think is probably a good thing for a team like that uh, to be able to spend some time together um, on the road early. Uh, play. I think you play Vancouver as your first your home opener is against the Canucks. So that'll, that'll get things kicked off uh, in October. Guaranteed a lot of fun. Night. And more importantly, I've, I've looked at the schedules to see where I can go down and see a crack and have a Seahawks game in the same weekend. So hopefully, <laughs> oh. hopefully Dave's got an in with Pete Carroll so I can get some box seats at the Seattle uh, Seahawks game. We could carpool you and me. I think we're good enough friends now. So. Yeah, get in line. You know how many people have asked me if I had connections now with the Seahawks. So that that's actually that's a great point. You kind of bring that up. So um, I've you know you guys go way back. Obviously, uh, I I thought it was just college, but it sounds like it was midget that you guys actually um, yeah. kind of met each other. So it's inevitable. Seattle at some point is going to get an outdoor game because. It, it's a major U.S. city, and the two stadiums that are likely to to get one um, are beyond amazing. I think all three of us on the show have been to at least one of them, if not both. Um, I'm speaking maybe for everybody, maybe not. Um, if you could choose, and I mean, I just as as a fan, baseball stadium or football stadium, which one of those speaks to you, Lumen Field or T-Mobile? Where would you, if you could pick, if they said, Dave? We need. You're the final vote. Which stadium and why? Man? I, haven't been, I haven't been in either of them, but I, I think I'd go football on that one. And uh, you know, hey, ask me in in a month after I've been in both stadiums, hopefully. But uh, right now, that would you know that would be my thought process. Just being able to uh, to see the atmosphere in that you know in that building, um, you know, during games, um, the pitch of the stands, everything else. I, for me, that. Uh, uh, you know, maybe it's because of familiarity and, and being able to, you know, have, have, you know, seen games in there probably more than the other. That'd be my choice. Okay. Are you going to bring Dixon along with you? Let him hang out on the sidelines there? Oh, of course. Right? Probably on the bench. <laughs> you didn't get my resume. I, I sent my coaching resume. I mean, I think I lost it. Check, check the junk mail. Went through my junk mail. I don't yeah. know how I yeah. missed it. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's you're busy enough, Dixon. You're you don't need you don't need yeah, to be in the yeah. NHL right now. You got yeah. stuff on the go. So yeah. well, yeah, b- you between you and, and and Pete Carroll, I mean, there is a very 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 good hair combo going on there. So you think you guys got the market <laughs> cornered there? I got work um, to do. I got work to do. <laughs> but I mean, you coached you coached in Philly. I mean, you've been a coach, you know, for for many years, and you feel like obviously you're a pro at that point. You can kind of just go wherever and apply your trade. 
Uh, and every organization is a little bit different. Can you think of something maybe that Seattle does that you noticed that stood out to you right, right away that maybe was a little bit different than anything else that you've experienced anywhere else? Well, not necessarily just the organization, but it's it's a different feel being on the West Coast, being in Seattle. It's it's a it's a different feel, um, you know, than uh, than you know what we what we had in Philadelphia, what we had on the East Coast there. Even a different feel than uh, than in Toronto the last couple of years. Um, so. You know, the, you can really, it's, it's a relaxed atmosphere. Uh, it's a very, you know, the, the area, um, you know, it's, it's an amazing city in terms of, you know, the scenic, you know, the scenic area, the mountains, the water, everything. Um, but it's an intense sporting community yet there's this laid back feel to it. And, uh, I think that makes it a pretty cool spot, especially for players to come to and be really excited to, uh, to play within that city and play for that city. Wicked. I'll uh, I'll fire another question for you. Um, obviously, we're a Canucks-based podcast, um, and in the expansion draft, you guys picked a guy named Cole Lind. Um, can you tell me what you're excited about his game and maybe what he has to improve on to uh, to be a good NHL player? Well, you know what? I think, you know, good young player, right? And he, he played a few games. Uh, we, we saw him this year a little bit, you know, from, from the other side. Um, you know, probably like any player, it's, it's a consistency in what you do and finding your role and being able to do it each and every night. Um, and that's the real challenge. You know, when you look at guys that, that are able to step into the NHL as younger players and then hold that role for a long period of time, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of work that goes with that. And for me, it always comes back to just the everyday consistency of being able to bring that piece of the piece of the puzzle that's important for our team day in and day out. And that's, you know, that's going to be one of the good things for, you know, players, you know, like him coming to town, you have an opportunity to, uh, you know, to start, you know, really, you know, from, from scratch one more time um, and go out and carve out that role for yourself. Love it. It there, this is going to be such an interesting team. I think a lot of British Columbians have been, kind of just waiting for Seattle to get an NHL franchise. I think it's been inevitable. The NHL needs it. I mean, the rivalry's right there. The city's there. They've got all the amenities that that an NHL team would need. And, I mean, especially after losing the Seahawks, that was or not the Seahawks, uh, the Supersonics, I apologize. Um, that was a big blow, and I think eventually they'll get that team again. But to get an NHL team, I think, is a big deal. Um, but the big question that you... you you have to answer this, and it's it might be tough. Year one, Seattle Kraken, playoff team or no? Well, it's, I've said it all the way along, set our own standard. And, yeah, if you think we're coming into camp uh, with anything else in mind, you're wrong. Uh, that's it. absolutely uh, on top of mind. Uh, now, that that's not a small statement. That doesn't – being a playoff team in the National Hockey League is really, really difficult. There are absolutely no guarantees there uh, for for many. I mean, there's you can probably pick a handful of teams right now today that you can, uh, with pretty good probability, say they are a playoff team. Um, but you know, the trick is to take it day by day, do the work, build a team, um, make sure that you know your performance is consistent enough throughout the regular season to withstand some of the ups and downs and, and the uh, challenges of an 82 game schedule put yourself in a position to be one of the 16 teams that gets an opportunity to play for the Stanley cup in the spring. So 
um, yeah, that's our goal. hundred percent. Beautiful. That's like the answer. Like that's it. the answer I want. I like that. It's brutal, <laughs> brutal honesty, but it's fair too. I think with when Vegas came in, they kind of picked apart how that whole process went and, you know, kind of exposed some loopholes in, in the, the system and how they were able to get um, pick compensation for not picking teams or for picking or players, picking certain players. So I think there is maybe a little bit of that, but I think uh, Seattle's gone about it a similar way, I guess, just because you have a, a bigger um, group to, to choose from Dixon. We talked about this, you know, there's two of you guys exposed when, uh, you know, the, the, I guess two two times ago went went around. So, um, I I like I, I said at the beginning I I wasn't a fan of how the expansion draft went for Seattle. And after um, listening to Dixon and really looking over this team, I started to look over um, what this team has. And there, there's a lot of depth, and I think there's a lot of unknown because you know we have no idea how whatever that final roster looks like. We have no idea how they're going to gel. All of a sudden, they could be you know, this team that nobody saw coming and just run roughshod out of nowhere, or, you know, they can be right in the mix or, you know, or something else. So I think it's going to be kind of exciting. Dixon, I guess one maybe question for you, you look at this, this team and you look at your buddy, Dave, and you see that this franchise, you know, it's a big deal this season. What do you see with uh, the crack in this year? And what kind of excites you about this team aside from uh, your buddy coaching it? Like what, what kind of, what's, what's kind of your hope for this team? What, what do you feel on this one? Well, I, well, as I, I think I talked to you guys about this last time, um, the the back end, the, the decor that they've put together, I think is is better than on paper half the teams in the league at this point. And and you know, knowing Dave well enough, that that's a very very important part of the game is is to be able to defend and, and to give yourself a chance to to compete every night by defending well. Uh, the back end it looks to me to be really good, uh, which is, in my opinion, the way you win hockey games. And you, you, we see it in the playoffs every year. If, uh, the back end becomes really important for all those teams uh, that make it uh, deep into the playoffs. Um, the signing of Grubauer in, in goal, I thought, I think, is is a very strong signing. Um, you have to have that ability to stop pucks uh, on those days where you're not going to score them. Um, the, the Schwartz signing, I've, I've you know known and watched Jaden Schwartz since he was a player at Colorado College and and, and, a, and a World Junior star years ago, and I've always liked him as a player. He's he's a very underrated player. The uh, Winberg kid out of Florida, I think, is a terrific uh, signing, and he's and with a bigger role, uh, he's going to be able to, to lead offensively. Uh, and then there's unknowns, right? If Jordan Eberle can score you 30 goals, and then he's the new Jonathan Marshall show of Vegas, and and uh, and he's obviously got the ability to do it because he's that skilled, and he's he's proven uh, he can lead, he could run a power play in the National Hockey League uh, uh, up front. So I think there's there's a really good balance there, um, and, and I know everyone loves to say, well, they don't have you know they don't have top line guys, they don't have this, they don't have that, but uh, when you get into the situation. Um, when you need a committee to get the job done, uh, the committee can can be stronger than the than the sum of two parts, as we see in in other teams around the league. Uh, one of them, not too far over the Rockies in northern Alberta, has a tough time putting that together. So, um, I think I think it uh, what I look at, and obviously I'm biased because I obviously want Dave to be super successful there. But I like the group that they put together, and and will continue to. 
add pieces whenever they feel it's necessary to, to do so to get stronger. And that's just the point of building a franchise. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see for sure. There you go. You got the endorsement of Dixon Ward. All right, I got a kind of a fun question for you, Dixon. It might be a pretty easy answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, game seven or even the first game they're playing or game seven. Let's go game seven. Canucks versus Seattle. Who are you cheering for? <laughs> it certainly won't be the Canucks. <laughs> there you go. Eh? I figured. Sorry. Sorry. It's sorry Canuck alumni, former fellow Canuck alumni, but uh, uh, yeah, just uh, absolutely got to cheer for uh, my friend Dave over uh, my friend Travis. Awesome. <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> oh, Ted's mic'd. You're, you're on mute there. Finish it but up, buddy. But he's not on mute. Oh, you good now? Oh, he's oh, no. using. We've lost him. Well, I'll try to I'll try to wrap up here and Ted if your voice kicks in then so be it. Um Dave, thank you Dixon as well. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been an absolute pleasure. It's I mean, we're all excited for you. This is this is a big deal. I mean, as we're all hockey fans here and some of us have played one 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 of us has, has played in the NHL. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, as far as our our group, anyway, it's uh, yeah. it's been a real pleasure. We do thank you so much for coming and taking time out of out of your, I mean, clearly busy schedule. You've got a lot on the go, and uh, we do appreciate that you agreed to do this because uh, you know it's this is a pretty big guess for us, and uh, we're definitely cheering for you. Maybe even some of those games against Vancouver because yeah. yeah. we we've all seen the team that we cheer for and. Sometimes it is easier to cheer. Okay, let's not go crazy oh, here. Oh, hey. Oh, Ted's back to hey, kick me back. out for a final second. Ted, what did you have to say before we head out? I don't know if the moment's passed. I had a North I had a North Dakota question, but it could be we could be past that now. What'd you have? I, I just was, you know, kind of in awe looking at this panel. I mean, there's you and there's Dixon. And I think about, you know, guys like Stetcher and, and, and Besser and even, you know, watching guys like Drake Kajula come in, free agents, all these guys. I mean, how long before we start seeing North Dakota's players come come into the the, the the Kraken lineup? And and what is it about that program that's just done so much for so many players over the years? Then there's something in the water down there. I don't know, but I mean, obviously it produces nothing but pros. And and I just you know, like I, to hear a little bit about it. You know, a tradition tradition is a real powerful thing. And when you know when you're as a young guy coming into the program, you learn very quickly that you're living up to much, much greater things than just yourself. I think that has a way of leveling your thought processes and focusing uh, your thought processes. And, and one of the things that it does for sure within the program at North Dakota is it, uh, it demands uh, that, uh, that you be a selfless teammate. And I think those are some of the little things that, uh, you know, that help young players uh, stay focused on the pathway of their development, right? Doing it, uh, you know, in conjunction with a team mindset as well as, you know, an individual uh, goal set, uh, obviously to, you know, to improve and, and to reach the next level. Um, those two things, you know, tend to run side by side, I think, within the program. And that's why you see a lot of, a lot of great human beings uh, that have been part of the program and are part of the program. And, um, you know, find their way into the National Hockey League. Great. I love that. I love that the first comment was was great human beings, not just great hockey players. That's awesome. Thank you. Takes uh, takes skill and it uh, takes character. No question about it. Well, 
the Canucks have had a few of those guys, and we're quite happy. We're quite happy that at least one of them stuck around. Uh, Dave, like I said before, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Dixon as well. Um, again, you guys have busy schedules, and this is totally appreciated. So, um, on behalf of all three of us, um, have a wonderful evening. Thanks, guys. This is the PP One Podcast with Seattle Kraken head coach Dave Haxtell and our good buddy Dixon Ward. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. fellas. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.